This is the sound of worlds beyond number. wave breaker to help cut this curse that's uh, affected Ame's ability to understand the things that Grandmother Ren had said, uh, uh, the things that Grandmother Ren had wanted to say, um, looking for the sword wave breaker that you gave to a man in Port Talon named Finley. Um, you were attacked by Captain Emless, who uh, had a rune from the Dominion of Ruve on the back of her neck, some weird possession thing that uh, Suvi didn't recognize because it wasn't wizardry, it was a piece of sorcery. Um, um, uh, there was, uh, upon arriving in Port Talon, uh, you saw the port, it's many buildings, a wizard's spire, a governor's hall, the Azure Battalion. Um, you saw a sort of distant uh, light off in the sea, some structure off in the sea, as well as a massive spell wrought wall at the edge of town, past which there were many witch fires burning, salt fires specifically. Uh, and that's the thing as well. I think I think witch fire is a more general term for some kind of magical flame. Um, uh, you got to Port Talon, went up to the neighborhood of Gray Hill, up near the wall, farther away from the actual point of the, uh, the promontory of the Talon itself. And, um, up in Gray Hill, you found a black door, which was where, uh, Finley's shop was to be found. And we are coming back to a shop filled with halberds and armor and tapestries and all sorts of bric-a-brac and other magical things with a dead hedge maid on the ground. Damp stone and dim light as the sound of drizzle from outside echoes in the musty chamber of Finley's illicit shop of broken and stolen magical goods. The sound of the light rain enters the space through a shattered window much higher than anyone could easily jump through. The windows are set high in the wall because the chamber, you'll remember, is sunken slightly into the earth. It's easily 15 or 16 feet up the wall to the first and lowest window with the break in it. Finley, a no good, shady sort of hedge mage in life, wears a quilted robe and a patchwork hat, jaundiced yellow eyes bugged out in a rictus of horror with a throat slashed many times and blood pooling around him, soaking into his robes on the ground. You stand at the bottom step of the short staircase coming from the large black door facing the street. Here in this space that, again, uh, some mixture of moldering museum, illicit workshop, and hedge magic pawn establishment, you find yourself staring at this dead body and up at the shattered window. There are workshop areas, some hidden spaces, and at least three more doors in this chamber as well. Uh, I think... Uh, Ursulan is uh, immediately going to use Divine Sense uh, to see if there's any sort of magical presence still in the room. Give me a perception check. A big 19. A big 19. Ursulan's Divine Sense 
is not so much attuned to magic as it is to the presence of the spirit world. Yeah. A lot of wizardly magic and witchcraft will kind of sail underneath it. But I can tell you right now that you do not sense the presence of anything here, either fae, celestial, fiendish. There, There is no great spirit lurking in a hidden place in this chamber. Um, Many of the items in this place have some small residue of that, but the residue itself, I think, is weak enough to let you know that anything of true value long since got sold off to someone for some filthy lucre. Mm. Can we send the fox to out the window? Fox, would you mind chasing someone down? I'd love to. Uh, okay, uh, up through the window, or if you need to go you around. You gotta throw him. What? No, May I throw you? Where? Up through the window to chase whoever just left it. No, I don't want to do that. Okay. Um, what do you want to do? Um, I'll just I'll run around. Okay. I'll run around. Go That's do right. that. What? The fox takes off. He didn't. He said he didn't want to go. He didn't want to get wanged up there. And? <sighs> Ursulon will approach the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think still, as you said, uh... It's still uh, coming down from what he thought would be busting this place wide open with his two best friends and getting the fucking sword back. Like, I think there's like the fantasy was rich. And so as it uh, as it uh, wanes, I think he is going to walk up to Fernley to make sure this is Fernley. Uh, Finley. Finley, excuse me. Finley, to make sure this is Finley. Even the, sh- the few short years since you were in Port Talon have not been kind to Finley, but you recognize it as him. The same sort of filthy robe and it, the, the clear intent of this robe was to kind of clumsily mimic some pretense at the occult. Some of these quilts have little hints of a rune or the even just the idea of patchwork as like a little bird and an emblem of a rabbit and golden thread. And isn't there something kind of occult about all this? But it ended up just making him look sort of like a, you know, frightening old man in a like children's quilt was sort of the ultimate effect that he achieved. It's him for sure. This is him. What's the sound? Um, go ahead and give me any any checks that people want to do in this space. And I'll also ask what you do with the slightly ajar door behind you, if you leave that open or if you close it. Uh, CV immediately shuts the door. Okay. It's shut. Uh, I'll look for Wavebreaker. Hell yeah. Uh, go ahead and give me an investigation check. Can I look for a back room and ledgers? Like, there's this is a chop shop. Someone has to be keeping track of buyers and what was pulled from things. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to do a quick look at the body and the surrounding areas. I think it'll be uh, a medicine check. Okay. Medicine and... Uh, invest only an 11 to try to find ledgers or some sort of bookkeeping. Okay. Um, uh, and what do we get on the investigation here? Uh, 18, looking for Wavebreaker. Um, you look for Wavebreaker throughout here. It's a pretty quick scan because 
you're looking for a specific sword, there's a couple places that have seemingly all the swords here. As musty and dingy as this big old kind of cathedralish chamber was, things are sorted and bound together. So you do find where all the swords and weaponry are kept. You do not find Wavebreaker in there. Uh, can I add a secondary thing on that just real quick? Yeah, for sure. Uh, any sign, uh, the way the, the sword would have been wrapped in a piece of cloth that was given to me by Suvi. Any sign of that? Had a good investigation check. I did. Give That's me why I'm trying to tag this on real quick. Because if, if we go again, it ain't gonna be we like this. We love it. <laughs> we can tack it on. But what I'll but what I'll ask for here is just one more straight up and down luck check. Six. Ooh. Six. <laughs> Looking around for that piece of blue silk, you find a drawer by one of the workbenches that as you open, you see a bunch of ruined grease rags. And thankfully do not find the blue silk in that. <gasps> Ooh, that was fun. Uh, I think Ursula definitely is uh, making a bit of a mess. Uh, definitely like <gasps> picking things out, throwing them on the ground, uh, looking for the sword, kind of pushes a few things off the drawers. There's a bit of noise coming from uh, Ursula's area. That clank, you, you hear like, uh, like a dead ringer for the metallic clank as you are near the workshop table when you push some stuff off and realize that the thing lying on the table may have been propped up when you first knocked on the door and, f and fell over. Copy. Um, uh, let's go medicine. Would you, uh, what did you roll for your medicine check? Uh, 16. 16. Um, and this is a quick sort of like check the pulse, uh, uh, seeing how cold the body is. Uh, any, any, uh, looking at the wound? Um, something's weird here on a 16. Uh. Um, his body is corpse temperature and you're in a pool of fresh blood. In other words, like looking at yep. this, looking at fr you're looking at fresh, fresh, and like the, the the gash on his throat. There's no rot. It's like the blood. It's all as fresh as can be. It's it's effectively like this guy was murdered the moment you got here, uh, and his body is cold as a headstone. So he did bleed out after. Can I tell if it, he bled out after he died or? You're trying, you're trying to do, like, blood, like, sort of pump, at first it pumps out yeah. as you're dying. Yes. And he's in a big pool of his blood, but you're, I think on a 16 medicine check, you're looking and his body is very cold, but you're also wondering how, there's just, there's a question here. There's just, a, I think on a 16, you know, 16 is not a 25, but you're just looking and there's a question here. You're, it's the main thing, you know, you haven't seen Sorry. that many, you're, you, you've slaughtered animals before working mm -hmm. on working in the cottage, but it's just a different thing. You're like, I don't think his blood, if he just got slashed in the throat a bunch of times and fell on his back, there's so much blood on the ground. Right, and I mean, like, you know, the, the, the blood has pulled on his cloak under him or, yeah. sort of, uh, you know, it's a, big... a lot of sort of uh, 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 paradoxes here. Paradoxes, and, and the main thing you know is the temperature, which is that a freshly dead body stays warm for a while. Okay, either he was dead uh, a long time before all this blood pulled out or there's something funky here, but what is the sound? Where do I find the continued tapping. Oh, that was me hitting my Coca-Cola can. 
that all you're going to give me on my 16? Brandon? Incredible. I truly, you asked when he was tapping on the Google yeah. can, yes. and I, I had a moment of being like, Erica is either doing some unreal role play right now, or is he in the Coca-Cola can? I, it's I one or the thought. other. Um, I just got nervous. I was like, maybe I have it. I, I thought that, maybe I it was like a, a sound cue you were doing. That, I mean, that would have been cool as hell. Uh, uh, Always refreshing. <laughs> so you see that, and then on, on an 11 investigation, um, you're looking for lighters. Uh, Nothing out here. This appears to be a very public-facing mm-hmm. space, with the exception of the workshops, which you think is probably due to just this being a larger chamber. It's not great. It's not great having a shop with a big, you know, like your your working area in it. Um, all three side doors are locked, and not not locked in a in a way like you can literally jiggle them. They like the doors are not you know vault doors, but you just notice that all three are locked. Give me a perception check as you jiggle the last one. So no ledgers out here in this space. Okay, 18. Um, you, the door in the back, because you suspect one of them seems like it's maybe just like a closet door, and then the other one uh, looks like it, you, you are guessing from like where it is in the structure of the building that there might be like a staircase, maybe it's like some private quarters or it goes off somewhere else mm. in this area. The back door, which you know, sh- just like looking at the slant of the roof and thinking about where you are. And I think Subi probably has the mathematical brain to be like, I saw this building from the outside. Subi feels like kind going of, this way. Yeah. Yeah. Subi's the kind of person that would see a building from the outside and go, I'm going to have a perfect mental map of that <laughs> as I walk into the building. I will not be disoriented in terms of like easy math geometry. Yeah. Um, you know that this door leads to probably what is the larger space. And as you jiggle that on an 18, you hear something on the other side of the door. As you jiggle the door, it's either like maybe you. Maybe something, maybe you jiggling the door shifted something in the room. It was something, a very slight sound, like either like a piece of parchment moving or a piece of fabric rustling or something like that in the other room as you jiggled the door handle. I, I want to pull out my knife and start trying to pick the lock to get the door open. I'm not proficient in that, but uh, I want to be in this door now. Um, give me a thieves tool check. Which is which you do not have proficiency. No, I do not have proficiency in. Just rolling that. And 20. because you don't have thieves tools, this will be with disadvantage. Yeah, yeah, I know. Dude, just knock out double nine. <laughs> I know you see the natural twenty I roll. I see the natural twenty you roll, but it's disadvantage. It's not okay. Well, it's still a sixteen. Damn. Oh. oh okay. Damn. <laughs> so I think <laughs> I think what we're gonna call that is you start digging, and as you're messing with the lock, you have a moment of your your pragmatism overcomes your pride in a moment where you're like, I don't know how to do this, but <laughs> yeah. But you see that the wood around the door handle mechanism is a little bit rotten, and you're kind of like it's just very damp in this building. It seems oh, yeah. like so you're just like I can probably just saw through that. Um, <laughs> like, just, I love the idea of just like. Hold on, and then pulls the knife out of the lock and just cuts the lock out of the door. Yeah, there's just like some rights, like either like tur- you th- you think it's like this whole city is built out of stone, like thick stone, because everything here it's like a stormy coast already, lots of water. So th- you, especially like someone that knows about libraries and books, you you'd be like maintaining anything of parchment or wood in this city is a constant battle yeah. against the climate. As you start doing that, Ursuline, what did you want to do? I take Ursuline for a second. 
um, thinks about just kicking the bar, the body really hard, just to see, just to make sure it's not some magician's trick, but then sees Ame next to it and is like, ah, no, 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 Ame will know. <laughs> um, uh, I, okay, I think in my head, uh, Fox, are you there? Um, you, uh, you just feel a, actually, what is the wording of the familiar speech? Or can you speak telepathically or is it just... I can speak telepathically within a hundred feet. A hundred feet is certainly through that window up, up above. Um, and you hear, uh, you, you hear a, uh, a yelp in your mind and both of you can hear it from outside going, where are you? Oh, uh, I'm in your head. Uh, 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 what? Uh, I'm talking to you in your mind. It's okay. Oh, you're so small. How'd you get in there? Oh, it's uh, <laughs> just just my voice. My brain is in your brain, but not physically. Just uh, I, I'll, I'll explain later. Just know that I'm talking to you through spooky magic. Okay. Hey, just say spooky magic next time. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I sometimes forget that you have trouble parsing things that I guess you only learned about a week ago. Um, so... I would like to be able to see through your eyes, and uh, I mean that literally, uh, and I can do that. Do I have your permission? You can see through my eyes? Yeah. Will I see through your eyes? Actually, I don't know. We could practice that later. Well, I got to see through... If you're seeing through my eyes, I got to see through someone's eyes or I'll be blind. Oh, well, I don't know if, like, I'm going to be just sort of, like, riding in there with you or if you can still see what I'm saying. Do you want to just try it out? Sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. And my eyes go unfocused. Um, you uh, are looking uh, through a fence at a midden heap behind a wrought iron fence that there appears to be some like refuse in. Um, and you are looking out and see your. For a minute, you're like, "Those are my paws," and then you're like, "Right, these are the fox's paws." Attempting to dig under a little fence, you can see it's the exterior of the building on the other side, and he's basically found a trash heap and is trying to get into it. Uh, is is are we following the scent of whoever was just in the room? Are you in my eyes? Uh, yes. Oh, I can still see. Oh. What are you seeing? Um, I'm seeing what you're seeing. Great. <laughs> this is pretty cool. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, feel free to... You don't have to ask for permission in the future. You can just do this. Oh, awesome. If I, as long as I... <laughs> I was worried that I wouldn't be able to see. I was kind of worried about that, too, honestly. Yeah. No, I can see. Okay, great. Cool. What, uh, what am I doing? Um, we're going to be trying to chase down ah. whoever left through that window. Uh-huh. Okay. There's some interesting trash out here. Do you... We can circle back to that later. Okay. We and we know that the we know that the, there's a person and that that is the priority. Uh yes. Okay, great. And you see there's a there you literally watch from the fox's point of view as he turns around, walks back towards a little puddle with some broken glass in it and does the wistful look back over the shoulder hey, at the trash. I said we'd circle back to that and I mean that. Great. Okay, great. As long as you promise and that is a binding promise. Great. It absolutely is. Um and he walks out and starts sniffing around and goes um, water will make this very hard, I think. Glass is broken here in the water. Um, there's some moss, um, some mushrooms hidden up under one of the dark places here. Um, lots of gravel, but it's mostly just smells like rain. It just smells like rain in the dirt. Uh, the dirt has a lot of, you know, uh, 
rock and iron and salt in it, but that I, I, that smells like what everything else smelled like coming up through the city here. Um, does the glass uh, and the window smell like anything that is out of the ordinary? Nothing out of the ordinary. Why? Who am I looking for? What am I looking for and why am I looking for it? Uh, a guy murdered uh, Finley, the man that we were looking for, and they probably, as my guess, took off with the sword. How did they kill him? With a knife? Boss, there's nothing out of the ordinary up here. I don't smell any blood. Oh, my God. Uh, I click back. Uh, I think they're still in here. Everyone. Uh, weird broken stage sword is out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It gets really quiet and strange in here. There's a feeling of tension. Um, you can feel the scamper of the fox trying to run back around the large structure towards the, towards the door. Um, I edge towards the door and I slowly open it, just enough to let him in. Little wet fox slips in, hides under your gown. Yeah. Suvi. Did you mention out loud yes. anything specific about the, like, temperature differential in the corpse? Uh, yes. Cut his hand. And I'm going to uh, back away from the door and gesture for Ursuline to come over. I have a moment of holding my stage sword and then grab one of the real swords uh, behind yeah. me. <laughs> and I'm just going to two-fist swords for a second. Uh, but I quietly, as quietly as I can... I quietly move toward the 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 door, double sorting. So you move towards the back door, double sorting. You're still there. You've successfully cut. You can like pull the essentially like the the actual like latch mechanism out of the door and probably just swing it open now. But that's that's done. You're standing there waiting for Ursula. You move over there. Ame. I quietly move over towards the body. I lean down. I pull out a dagger from one of from one of my packs, and I prick the tip of his finger. I'm going to need everybody here. uh, And actually, in this instance, you may give me either insight or perception your choice. They are equal in my eyes. There we go. 15. 21. Oh, 17. Let's go! Uh, I'll take take insight. I'm going to roll in front of the board. Uh, For our listeners, this means I'm going to be rolling so that the players may immediately see it. And I am going to let you know that uh, the number I'm going to add to this, I'm not telling you what I'm rolling, but the number I'm going to add to this is nine. Oh, my God. A high number. 100%. We don't know what you're rolling for, 100% though. 100% it's performance. 100% it's performance. It's for this dead man to die. Yeah. <laughs> 20. I rolled an 11 on the dirty die. 20. <laughs> 20. Dirty 20. Yeah. Suvi, you got a 21? Yep. Ame, you have a you have a very sad moment of um, touching the finger with just the point of a knife, and a thick little slab of a, a thick sludge of coagulated dead man's blood uh, comes out of the finger. Ursuline, you see the same thing, um, and Suvi, you're waiting for anything like a flinch or some kind of thing. You don't see any movement in the body, but you're also using your ears and just add a little imperceptible whine you hear. (laughs) Come from the corpse. I just wheel around. He's alive! 
Oh, I run up and kick him. Uh, the, the corpse, <laughs> the corpse leaps to his feet and says, "Ah!" <laughs> uh, everyone, roll initiative. Yeah. Six. Six. Ame has 13. 13. 20. 20. Let's go. Uh, Ursulon, uh, you see this wizard who still, for all the world, looks dead. Um, <laughs> just fully, just <laughs> neck fully off. That's so good. Slash, uh, dead. And you see, even, he, it looks like as he's screaming that there is some agent or something that is keeping his jaw rictus tight and he's trying to now, like push past it to be able to talk, um, but leaps up and like goes to shove Ame like out of the way as he's like gonna sprint for the door. You are first to act before he can do that. Uh, no. It's all fours <laughs> uh, and is going to run and tackle uh, this man uh, with reckless abandon. Uh, incredible. This is going to be opposed athletics. Let's Finley, go. not the strongest dude in the world. Uh, he has a flat 13. Oh, oh, it's a 12. Oh, no. Oh, um, Ursulon, no. uh, <laughs> you go to clothesline this dude and some weird like nasty street fighter hedge mage instinct. This is a guy who <laughs> crawled out of a gutter to wrest magic from scraps of garbage he could find. As you go to clothesline him, he sees your massive shoulder and turns away from it and backward somersaults along your horizontal body as you crash into a pile of armor and he <laughs> lands on all fours like a frog in the middle of his own fake blood pool. He says, I didn't think I'd see you again, Ursulon. <laughs> Come here. Uh, uh, I will use whatever movement in sliding to the other side to be between him and the door though. Uh, incredible. Nice. The door we came through. Oh, you can, yeah, you use the rest of your movement to just get up and block the staircase Love out. Love it. Ame, that's gonna be you. I use command. Halt! All of you watch Finley look up, and as Ame commands him, uh, even in this dimly lit room, Ame's shadow grows long behind her, and you see this man freeze up in panic as you put the, the, you know, small and gentle as it might be, as you put your first curse on somebody, <gasps> bam, and lock him in place. Let's go! Oh my god, I did a curse! I did, I, I did a curse! Okay. Word. <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Uh, you hear, at this point, now that he is paralyzed, you hear from under your gown, get him! Uh, from the fox. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Suvi, that's going to be your turn. Uh, Suvi, after yelling and turning around, sees uh, Ame's curse go into effect and believing things to be well handled, is just going to walk over to some pile of stuff, grab like a heavy candlestick, walk back to the door, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just opening the door now and continuing my investigation of this room. <laughs> um, you open the door. As you do, uh, you see... A pretty amazing sight. Um, first of all, you find your ledgers. You're not worried about the ledgers with the rest of what you see. <laughs> oh, great. You're not worried about the ledgers with the rest of what you see. The ledgers are on a big work table back here. This is a, a larger workshop that you can see has heavier duty equipment than the stuff that's out there. The other stuff out there is just for space, essentially, for longer projects mm -hmm. that take a longer time. Um, you see that there is a huge 
basically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, there is a huge wardrobe, a tall standing case uh, with many robes and garments. It seems that a lot of the softer things, things, things that uh, maybe this is more of a VIP room for more discerning clientele to come into, and the wardrobe's open with a lot of capes and cloaks and magical things that are sort of in it, and immediately you can tell the things in this room are in a little bit of a nicer state. Okay. Um, you clock a body uh, curled up, uh, you clock some form hiding in that wardrobe. You see like a pair of shoes that you suddenly realize have ankles in them. Someone's like hiding behind the the dressers, like scrunched up in a ball, like holding their knees. All you can just see is their butt and like shoes and and, like their legs. Uh, You can't be, it's probably a person, it has to be, right? But it could be a mannequin because the skin you can see of like the ankles and the little hint of a hand is like bone white. Um, Now, that's all like the minor stuff. The biggest thing you see That's is the minor stuff. The biggest, Amazing. The biggest thing you see is the thing that sees you, oh. and you can't even be sure how it sees you because Subi, it doesn't have any eyes. Oh. <laughs> there is a massive lichen-covered stone statue that is covered on every level surface, meaning its head, its shoulders, sort of jutting hip joints that come out, its sort of shelves of these kind of knee protectors. The statue, you suddenly realize, does not look like anything sacred or religious. There's, it, it is lumpen and misshapen, as you realize it has been carved to be jointed because its head, covered in lichen, swivels, and every candle on its body that look ancient, like wax is dripping. It looks like a, a candle that has been burning for like 100 years because the wax drips everywhere. Its entire head, the top of which is almost all covered in wax, the head turns and every candle on it lights. Uh, this 10 foot tall construct uh, begins to step towards you. Uh, do I still have my action? You still have your action. I am going to reach out with my hand, cast prestidigitation to turn off the candles <laughs> and close the door and just walk away and go, don't go in there. Just fully, just fully <laughs> nope. a jack. Candles <laughs> off, doors closed. I never um, opened this. Yeah, what was back not. here? Okay, I, now, now, now really, this shouldn't work, but we are going to make it an arcana check. The DC is going to be 20. I just need to see it. You're using a cantrip as a wax-covered candlestone monster. Yes. <laughs> You're gonna hate that I got it. <laughs> 23! <laughs> so, all of you out in the room with Finley here. <laughs> Finley goes, prepare to meet my. <laughs> <laughs> and Suvi, what does it look like as you cast your spell? Uh, it's a, a street, uh, like reaching of a hand, and her just going. <laughs> All the candles and the thing fully disanimates exactly in its spot, and you close the door. Just close the door like that's that, that that is Suvi's turn. It's bad in there. Uh, incredible. Um, Finley's turn. He skips. Command freezes him to the spot. Ursulan, that is you. As I begin my turn, is he still halted? Um, halt, halted. Is he, he is still cursed? He is coming out of that <coughs> okay. in this moment. Uh, I looked to Ame. Ame, uh, how long do your curse words last? 
Oh, this is my first time doing it. I don't think very long, though, so we should do something to incapacitate All right. him uh, I, uh, <laughs> That's what I wanted to hear. Uh, I step forward. I'm going to do. I'm gonna pin him to the ground. Uh, go ahead. Give me another athletics check. Oh, thank God. 22. Yep. You, uh. you pin this dude to the ground. Um, uh, he yelps. He sneers up at you. You see these sort of like just the, the seams of his teeth near the gums are just a solid milky brown. Um, uh, just the smell, just like, yeah, just the smell of like onion and cheese comes out of his mouth. He looks up and says, <laughs> didn't think I'd see you slinking back in here after all these years. <laughs> Okay. Here's the thing is, he's not slinking. He's marching back in here with his friends. Oh, his friends, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you don't want to get the spirit for your own. Ahmed, oh, that's going to be your turn. Oh, well, <laughs> she, you're, he's all pinned? I have him pinned, which, you know. Completely pinned? But you can see that he's gotten his movement back. So your curse is over. So you've got him pinned, but what he does, pinning him will not prevent him from, like, casting magic necessarily, right? Well, I am just going to go over and try and tie his hands then. Ooh, hell yeah. Go over and give me just a sleight of hand check. Cool. Can it be with advantage? I mean, yeah, I got Yeah, you got him pinned. Get to I got him pinned as hell. <laughs> That's a 20 on the die. Let's mm -hmm. go. Nat 20? Mm-hmm. Um, Ursulon, as you just lean in with an elbow <laughs> in this dude's chest, so effortless for you to flip him over onto his stomach. Uh, and uh, you've you've tied, you've done. Oh, this is not my first time at the rodeo, literally. <laughs> I know little spring Lit festivals. Yeah, you probably like there's probably like a goat rodeo near Toma. A goatio? <laughs> I mean, we don't call cows cowdios, but you, you guys get it. <laughs> um, Just well, keep, stick with me here. Um, as you flip him over onto his stomach, yes. you see he goes, um, uh, he goes, you made a big mistake coming back here, wild one. You don't know the secrets I know. You don't know what I've learned. Since and uh, uh, as you, Ame, go to tie his hands, you see he goes, I don't, stop, stop, stop. Um, and you just bind his wrist and his fingers, and you see that he was flexing to do the somatic components of spell casting. You tie his hands. Uh, Grandmother Ren would have talked to you a lot about this kind of thing. You, as the moment you tie his hands, he goes completely limp, and you realize, as I've just checked, he has not a single spell that does not have somatic components. <laughs> Yeah, above game, I was like, dark detail, but he needs his voice. <laughs> that would have been next. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you see, he goes, he goes, it's okay, it's okay. You just calm down now, all right? Or you're going to be just fine. Uh, and I start cluck at him. I flip him over and slap him hard across the face. Ow! <laughs> uh, at this point, the fox darts out from your gown on me and goes right into Finley's face and goes, you're dead. You're dead. Fox, fox, fox. <laughs> no, no. You better, be, you, better, you better feel lucky that my friends are here. <laughs> Fox, <laughs> Fox circles uh, back out. I, Fox I, on the edge. <laughs> I turn to him and I say, in fact, you are actually quite unlucky that my friends are here. Um, where is the sword? All right. I see the spirit's gotten himself some company since the last 
time he was in here. Uh, you see Finley looks over at the closed door that he knows his <laughs> giant construct is on the other <laughs> side of. Sumi's just leaning casually against it like, this is a, maybe a problem in a minute or two, but go ahead. I didn't think about protect the candles. Um, <laughs> and he leans over to you and says, all right, muscled your way in here. I don't know what your game is, but did your friend tell you that I didn't take the sword from him? That I bought it from him fair and square, and that when he wandered in here, he was such a drunk and a lout that he was glad for the help? Here's the thing. You're going to put some respect in your tone, or I'm going to burn everything in this filthy little heap, and I'm going to start summoning uh, a firebolt. Yeah, yeah. You citadel wizards like to push people around. Well, I'll tell you this. The sword's not here anymore. I already sold it. To who? I'm as good as dead if I tell you. It is wild of you to think that you're not as good as dead if you don't. They are the merciful ones. You think Will Gallows is merciful? Uh, Perfect. <laughs> Who is that? Ah! Yeah, I don't. I don't. That uh, you said that in a tone of voice, which leads me to believe you think it means I, it means something. I'll let, I'll let anyone here ro- us. Yeah, yeah, I'll make a history. Yeah, check. I think actually, just Ursuline, give me a history, and you can do so with advantage. Oh, thank you, Brennan. <laughs> oh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> Uh, double 15s, uh, oh. plus one equals 16. Um, Will Gallows is a name you heard a lot the last time you were in town. You never met them, but the legend, the legend they liked to say about Will Gallows was that he was the most dangerous man in Port Talon uh, and that he, that people like Finley owed their ability to do what they did through Will Gallows. That essentially, like, if Finley is the fence, then the protection racket was Will Gallows, the person who got to go to everybody in town and say, do you want to keep doing this kind of business? Uh, And the legend you'd always heard about Will Gallows uh, is that he moved to Port Talon from the Empire after he was hanged for treason. Oh, 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 oh. sorry, that was cool. After. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think, uh, uh, Ursuline's face goes dark, I think, as he remembers. Um, and he looks up at his friend's I believe we have the information we need. Um, I... Uh... I am done with him. Uh, and I'm going to stand up. And then looks around and says, Sword's not worth it. The sword's not worth it. And why'd you give it to him? 
Well, it was worth the money you paid me for it, but I don't think it's worth losing your lives going after him for it. One more question. Who's in the room? And I gesture back. You see, he, uh, he says, who, Flicker? Is that what you named the construct? Yeah. Flicker means, like, for something to sort of gutter. Like, you shouldn't have, you should have known by virtue of naming him that you would have some issues with the candles. Don't tell me about magic. Names aren't that important in magic, okay? Oh, well, I guess you know best. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, you see, is just <laughs> doing her best to swallow emotion, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but you see that, uh, either of you can give me an insight check if you want to. No. Six. That's a nat 20. Let's go! He, he, he changed the subject when he mentioned Flicker. He was thinking of something else. Is there anyone else in that room? I have an employee in that room. She's, she's hiding back there because you busted down the door yelling my name. Well, that's fair enough. Shall we... Do check it out? I mean, will, the, will Flicker come back? <laughs> Is Flicker door activated? Kind of. I don't really want to open the door, if I'm being super honest. Uh, I look down at, uh, where can we find Will? Um, you see, he looks out and says, <laughs> where can you find the most dangerous man in Port Town? Will Gallows finds you when uh, he see, wants that's to. that's what I thought you would say, something like that. No, yeah, well, you can find him at City Hall during office hours. No, I don't know where you can find Will Gallows. Will Gallows is a shadow. He's a dead man come back to life to inflict retribution on all of us for still drawing breath. And yet he still pays good coin for items. Well, I don't know if he's really dead or not. He just seems kind of dead. <laughs> but we can all seem kind of dead time to time. It's the human condition. Let me get my hands so I can get all this stuff off me. I, I think we should leave it. Let's leave him with the stuff on him. Um, sorry about this. Uh, and, and I and I put one of the one of the edged weapons uh, from uh, his shop, a good a respectable distance away from him on the floor, so oh. that he can sort of inform his way over and untie himself. I may a little further. A little further. Here, I yeah, one, it a little. One more. Yeah. I scoot it a little further. Yeah, yeah there it is. Okay, that, that, that feels good. Okay. During this, I want to go back towards the like little hole that I've sawed in the door, and uh, just whisper in. Do you need help? You hear a shuffle from inside the room, um, of like things moving in a in a wardrobe or a closet. You hear a noise of. Footsteps accompanied by a noise of something wooden striking stone, uh, and the door opens, and a young girl answers the door. Um, 
She's very striking to behold. Uh, and immediately you can tell that, uh, I think Ursuline, uh, your divine sense, which I'll say is still active in this moment, you immediately clock a small like fey presence from her, mm-hmm. though she is not truly a, a spirit or a wild one. Um, uh, she looks incredibly striking. Very mousy, flat, kind of wet looking, bone white hair. Uh, her eyes are pure white, no iris, no pupil, just white. Uh, she wears sort of uh, slender, sort of like gray and sort of off-white sort of clothing. Um, she has little black shoes that kind of look like the shoes they would give you in like a prim, like sort of like that an orphanage would give us like standard issue. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. These are shoes for good little girls, you know, that kind of vibe. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, she's she's walked over here with a set of crutches, of like forearm crutches, um, and her skin is also bone white. She's sort of a very mousy, shy face, but it actually has the coloring of a calico cat. So it's like a white, like largely white, but with caramel and black sort of splotches, almost like a painted horse or a calico cat. Um, she uh, looks out um, and says. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Um, you hear behind her as the door kind of opens and she goes, flicker, it's okay. Uh, and this sort of candle, 10 foot candle statue sort of stops and moves back over to the corner where it was standing. Um, you see, she looks out and says, I take a knee by the way. So this, I want to make eye contact like at eye level. Um, you take a knee. She is very short, but you can see the vibe you get from her is like that she is a teenager, but an incredibly small, slender one. Mm. A little bit sort of sickly looking. Um, uh, but you see around her belt, she has like a actually small like leather belt with small pou- pouches for tools and stuff like that. You recognize these as like third string artisan tools. Okay. Um, uh, Hi, my name's Suvi. Hi. Uh, I'm Ame. Hi. Sister, I am Ursulon. Oh, you see, you say sister, she looks very taken by that, but she, cur- she curtsies to that <laughs> kind of greeting. I bow as well. Um, hi, uh, oh, sorry, uh, I'm Ghost, I work here. Um, uh, do you, um, uh, to, I oh, your question. I'm fine. I'm uh, I'm okay. Um, are you? Uh, and you see, um, Finley from the ground says, "Run! Get the authorities! Get Will Gallows!" Um, <laughs> um, you see that she she looks and says, "Like, um, uh, yes, Master Finley. I'm, I'll go. Uh, I'll go get. Uh, I'll go get Mr. Gallows." Uh, oh, please don't. Actually, maybe. No, we will. Yeah. I, we'll find a nearby inn and maybe she can send him our way. Okay. What? I mean, no. we need to. Yeah, we need to find him. Right. But if he's uh, as terrifying as Finley would suggest, I don't want to put Ghost in harm's way. Oh, that's true. Uh, could we messenger. go with you? They do things to messengers. Oh, I didn't know. Well. Uh, could we go with you to Mr. Gallows? Oh, I, um, 
well, I, 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 when I go to get him, I, I, I won't be going to him, but there, there's a space where I can, um, where Master Finley sends me to go to leave messages for him. So I probably, I would go leave a message and then one of his uh, people, probably Arlie or, or um, the Codgel would come by and, and get it. Oh, perfect. We'll just go Thank with you there then. Oh, have you have you defeated my um, uh, uh, have you defeated Master Finley in, in combat? Am I in danger? Oh no, oh, no, 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 not no, at all. Yes to the first, no to the second. They, yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, Master Finley, see Finley says, girls, get get them, get 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 Finley. I do need to just. <clears throat> you are aware, as another <clears throat> mage that verbal components require the ability to speak. And I will make sure you don't again if you continue. You just see the uh, uh, just heat of rage emanating from this hedge mage on the ground, being so, so fully uh, humiliated in this moment. Um, ghost nods, um, says, um, Master Finley, I, uh, if you want me to go get Mr. Gallows, I can go try to do that right now. I, um, I can't stop these three people from doing whatever they want to do, so they might follow me, and I, and I can't make that, I can't make that not happen. Um, and you see, Finley says, well, well, another thing you can't do. Fine, 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 fine. Um, and you see, uh, uh, she says, okay, I'll go get Mr. Gallows to come to come stop to come stop them they don't seem wor- they don't seem worried about it um, wait can you just hold on type 5 and then you can go wherever you're going yeah let, let's circle up for a second here what do you do here oh i um i work on the machines machines i i work on the the spell engines and when when things come in i i um i, I i've um um give me an insight check I'm gonna trust her. Eighteen. That's for one. Oh no! Oh. Um, you see, she looks up and gets a little bit sad. Um, she goes, um, I- "I've been working for Master Finley for a while because um, I like uh, I-, I-, I like the the uh, the engines of the of the machines that come in sometimes and and." Uh, Master Finley knows some about about magic and about these old things that I don't know that well. But when when new machinery comes in, I, I sort of have a knack for it. And um, the things I touch um, sometimes stop being magical, uh, which means I can I can take them apart um, a little more safely. Um, and I can see your wizard. I would just say, don't touch me or don't, um, I don't always know. I can't do it on purpose, if that makes sense. It's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting gift. Yeah, it's, it's very, um, I guess everyone wishes when they're little that they would be, that they'd be magic. And it's sort of a, a backwards way to find out that you're magic, I guess. Any gifts that you are given at your birth are yours to do with what you want. It's, I'm sorry that this one was one, was a gift that has inhibited you from doing the things that you seem to want to do. Well, 
No, I, 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 um, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little scared right now. I don't know who the three of you are, and I'm trying to be polite, but I don't really know who you are, and, um, I, I can help you if you need, or if there's anything you're looking for. Um, I, um, I know, uh, and you see that, that she, she says, I, I, should, I, I should go, but we, we can talk on the way. And you see that she gets a very thick gray cloak off the wall uh, and a little sort of satchel that she can put over her shoulder um, and uh, heads towards the door with you to go like give a message to okay. uh, Mr. Gallows. Were you just doing this? I believe we are doing this. Oh, one last thing. Um, our friend, when he sold the sword, your master, he it was wrapped in a blue cloth. Do you happen to know where that is? Oh, the wardrobe full of nice things in the back. Um, she goes and retrieves the blue cloak lining from the wardrobe. We can compensate you for this. Um, she says, Oh, th- thank you. Um, Master Finley, how much? How much for the blue cloak lining? Oh, no, we're not paying for that. That's not for that. Well, That's not for that. he bought it. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, uh, he didn't. Um, everyone here, give me an insight check. Fifteen. Twelve. Seven. Uh, Ame, I think that as you are offering to pay for it and your, uh, your very proud companions begin to uh, say that that is not what will occur here, um, I think on a fifteen insight, it's not a deep and powerful insight here. Um... You saw a ghost ask Master Finley how much to charge for it. And I think you have your first adventurer's brush with what it means to mete out justice in a place that you're probably not intending to stay forever. You guys will be gone from here perhaps one day and ghost may still be here working. And so she asks, when she asked Master Finley how much to charge for it, you, you know, I think you see a look in her face. Her, the look in her face on a 15 Insight is, if these people don't pay for it, it will come out of my wages. How much? Finley looks up and says, five gold. Why are you looking at me? Because you have all the gold. Incredible. I super do. I'm leaving the gold in the room. And I go and like, my gold back on the table that put it back in. I'm not paying for this. Uh, you, I look to Suvi. It's mine. No, it's yours. I look to Suvi. I say, will you front me five gold pieces? It's not. I, I owe you five. Why are we giving Finley money? Suvi. Will you give me five gold pieces? Of course I will. And I hand him the gold. Uh, I take the five gold pieces. I walk up to Ghost. Uh, and I place them in her hand. She nods. Thank you very much. Uh, and hands you the blue lining of the cloak. It's a mistake I made. And I need pay for it. Come on, show us where to drop off the messages. As we walk out, I, I say to Ursulan, 
That was very honorable of you. Oh, uh, the chill goes down Ursuline's spine, and uh, the hair underneath his glamour uh, rises <laughs> slightly. Uh, 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 Mr. Finley, I'm sorry for the misunderstanding. I'm not quite certain why you played dead instead of opening up for us, but uh, apologies. I uh, says, says <laughs> thanks for the apologies. Uh, and you see uh, Ghost puts the five gold pieces in a strong box. Um, I'll be back um, in a while, um, uh, Master Finley. Uh, I'll go ask Mr. Gallisrell, do you want me to tell the authorities as well? And you see that um, uh, Finley says, the, yes, not, the, not just any, the ones that we know we can tell. And you see that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you see that uh, Ghost says, "Okay, I think I think the um, I think the strangers are preparing to leave with me, so um, it's sort of it's sort of an interesting paradox because while I stay, <laughs> uh, while I stay, they seem like they're going to stay here, which means I need to go, so they'll go. But the moment I go to get them out, I think they're going to leave. So I think um, <laughs> it's sort." He says, "Get out." Here. <laughs> she says, yes, Master Finley, and uh, heads to the door. Ghost begins to move through the rain towards an area of Grey Hill, uh, towards the outer edge of the town, the one that faces the true ocean out towards, like, the wild waves there. Um, as she walks, she looks and says, um... Yes, sorry. Um, uh, uh, honestly, Master Finley does that a lot. Um, Pretends to be dead? Well, I think whenever there's loud banging on the door, he does that. Oh. I would like to uh, do an inside check and, and to see what her feelings are about Master Finley and her situation. Uh, give me an inside check. Ooh, 25. Let's go. Big rolls. Um, Ame, you're deeply out of your element in this city. You have, you lived under Grandmother Ren's wing for a long time. On a 25 insight check, which is pretty phenomenal. Um, Ghost definitely holds her body in the shape of an apology, takes up as little space as possible. This is a dangerous city. Um, but there's more to her than that. Uh, you look and see how well kept her clothes, her shoes, she takes care not to step in any puddles as she's walking, her crutches, her tool belt is cared for immaculately. And her clothes aren't torn. She's not wearing rags. Um, they're incredibly humble. You look and see a complicated person's story here. You know that Master Finley is not kind to her. You heard how he spoke to her. But you also see that she has tools. You can feel the love radiating off of her tools. Um, and I think that if you try to solve the story here in a way that is binary, is Ghost's life bad or good? By your standards, 
<laughs> compared to living with Grandma Wren, living with Master Finley would be a waking nightmare. And that's certainly something you're bringing with you into this interaction with Ghost. My God, who could live with their occult master being this much of a belligerent fool, the, a cruel, vindictive, spiteful man? There was a note of love in her voice when she spoke to Flicker. And you wonder if that construct is in some way some sort of friend or guardian for her. And I think on a 25, which is very high, the last thing you notice as you're really trying to study this person who's walking with you to find this place is she looks up and you see a tall slate gray building with a sort of almost cruel looking steep slate scaled roof that the rain trickles down and you see an old stone sign out in front of it. Um, and you see that it is a, uh, a home for children. Um, and you have never seen uh, this type of building before. You've never seen uh, a place that, I suppose, had so many people or had the sort of hardships that would produce a need for a population of children uh, without parents or families to look after them. But as she looks at that building and quickly takes a turn to approach another route to not have to walk past it, you wonder if she thinks of her life as a waking nightmare, or perhaps if to her, the condition of her life has perhaps improved. I'm terribly sorry if we've maybe any inconvenience for you, ghost. Oh. Um, no, no inconvenience. Um, it was good to make a sale that, um, you know, the, you can imagine the lining of a cloak without a cloak. <laughs> it stayed <laughs> on the shelf for a couple of years. It's crazy that we paid five imperial marks for that. We were certainly upcharged, but I suppose mm. for the inconvenience of being hogtied uh, and having to fake his own death. And this is the one who paid for it. I believe it was well worth it. Um, no, I, I think I think I'll be okay. Um, I, I think Master Finley, Finley will likely be upset that you were kind to me and um, stern with him. <laughs> but he'll yell, he'll he'll say some mean things, and then and then he'll get tired and get bored and go away, and I can get back to work. One of my closest friends, where I'm from, is a very powerful artificer who breaks incredibly complicated spell engines on accident, constantly. Have you ever thought of trying to, I don't know, ply your trade somewhere without a grumpy man in a, in a quilt yelling at you? She fully stops walking, just sort of stands in the rain a little bit. They don't, they don't let you do that, do they? Not always, but exceptions are made sometimes. Oh. If you want to try. I, I, I wouldn't know how. I think I can help with that. 
Um, and you see uh, uh, just I- impending ego death on this young oh woman's face, where she's just, you know, like, you're like, have you ever thought about talking to the Empire? And it's just being like, have you ever thought about lifting yourself up into the sky? And, and it's just like, she's like, you see, you see a look on her face of being like, like literally, to you, like, you have the staff, you have the things, and for her, you just see her standing there being like, like, she may have never even gone downtown. Um, Get, may I? I think I broke her. I think I broke do her. Do a, a, a quick inside check, like on it. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please do. Okay. Uh, uh, eleven. I guess. Do you, you genuinely feel like you would be helping her life if if she went to the Citadel? Correct. A thousand percent. Oh, All right. Well. Uh, I think in seeing this <gasps> and just wanting to change the subject a little bit, uh, Ursuline steps forward and goes. I cannot help but notice that there is a magic about you. Uh, how did you come by it? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I've always, um, I've just always been able to do this. To, um, and I know that I, I, I know that I look curious. I, heard I heard magic and I, I know I can I know that you you um Madame Suvier a wizard um excellency uh okay CB is fine um but if you could, sir could you see you saw magic on me I did um I uh have an affinity for the unseen world that of spirits. And I was also born with the ability to converse with them as well. It's a very special thing to be born with gifts. You see Ghost gulps hard as you guys start talking about spirits. And clearly a lot of painful memories come up over her face. Mm. And you see her hit a wall for how much of her private horror she is willing to share in first meeting. And she goes, yeah, gifts and curses. (laughs) It's all the same to Master Finley. They both sell. And you see, um, uh, she heads off, uh, goes to this old sputtering lamp post that you see kind of swivels around the lantern, moves with a little rain bucket on another thing. So it's sort of, there's a lamp post that has a bar of wrought iron. On one, a little lantern stands, and on the other, a little bucket catches rain. And the bucket sort of almost gyroscopes and it sort of swivels slowly around in the rain, this little sort of dancing lantern on this post. There are some hanging sort of thatch baskets that are filled with dirt that are theoretically supposed to have like flowers or roses. You see the plants in them have are dying from rot, overwatered. Uh, and maybe if you look a little bit closer, it looks like maybe some other environmental stuff has killed some of the plants in these baskets. Um, ghost um, takes out uh, a small little bone, something like from something like maybe poultry or a fish bone or something like that. Uh, and sticks it into the soil and whispers a little word into it and turns around and says, um, I don't claim to know your business, 
Um, someone who works for Mr. Gallows will find that, and then they will come and check on Master Finley. But um, you, I, I assume someone will come physically to find it, or perhaps it is a work of spellcraft that allows them to know what has been placed there. But um, my business is done, and I should return to the workshop. Nice to have met you, Ghost. An honor to meet you as well. Um, it, you. Sorry, it's. I feel like it's been a big day for you. Do you have any interest in going to the Citadel? I would be happy to take you to meet my friends now. It seems like you might be enjoying your work here. I have a little gift for you, you know, as a, as a bit of an apology. And I, and I hand her um, a needle uh, with some thread attached to it. Um, don't touch the tip of it. The tip is enchanted to help with mending. The rest of it is common. And so even if you touch it, it shouldn't lose its magic. Here she smiles really glad for a treasure. She says, thank you. Um, I'll ask, uh, ask everyone here to roll a persuasion check for me, um, if you'd be so kind. 13. 24. A natural 20. Oh, let's go! Um, she turns, she turns around and looks at all of you, um, and I think you, she, she looks and says, Thank you so much, Ame, right? Mm-hmm. Looks at this magical piece of thread, looks at it, puts it away, takes a look at you, Ursulon, and for a moment, um, on a nat, we honor nat 20s. <laughs> yeah. You look into her eyes, and for a moment, you see a story you see a door into the world of spirits. Um, uh, this girl is the daughter of a spirit, an immortal woman. <gasps> and you recognize it in that moment, finally. And in speaking to her, you see that some part of her opens up inside because you look at her without, like, you know, both of our, our mortal friends have been nothing but kind to her, and she does look very peculiar. And you, but to you, you just see that there's there's not even here. There is a lack of judgment, and then from you, this is familiarity. Ah, uh, yeah. And it's complete, like total acceptance is of course wonderful, but the idea of like, no, I see you, like I'm familiar with you. Um, you can see something, in her heart kind of changes, uh, and you also see, I think, an image, just like in a moment dance across her eyes of like a very lonely young girl whose mother told her that she was the daughter of a spirit and who the children in her, you know, uh, uh, town growing up told her that was just a lie she was being told. Ugh. And then tragedy and the orphanage and Port Talon and all of that dances in a moment across your eyes. She turns, looks at you, Suvi, takes a couple steps, and you just see a part of her being like, you know, the, the, the expression of someone who's making a kind of rough and gritty piece with like the little bit of joy they've eked out, and that should be good enough. 
and she takes a couple steps away on her crutches and then whips her head around to look at you, Suvi, and says, if I were to go to the Citadel, could Flicker come? Yes. Um, okay. Okay. Um. Ghost, Finley was wrong. There is great power in a name. Use mine if you want to find your way there. Okay. Um, if I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to go back. I'm going to talk to Flicker. Um, if, uh, is there a place I should meet you? I'm not going to, um, I wouldn't know who to go talk to or say anything or. The... If you make your way to any of the outposts of the Azura Battalion, I will make a way for you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, she smiles. Okay. And uh, heads back towards Finley's. And all of you are left here at a sort of three-point alleyway cobblestone intersection. Couple of you know, the rain continues to fall and a couple of gutters and rivulets pour just true powerful funnels of rainwater that collects on the kind of cattywampus multiple corners of different roofs intersecting to just sort of run down to a single gutter. So probably within sight, there are three or four huge rivulets of water that surge right down uh, with enough reliability that people have like put storm drains in underneath them. So you see these big sort of rusted iron storm drains as the rainwater pours down. Um, the rain has picked up a little bit. So mm -hmm. you... Uh, uh, may like uh, what do you guys do looking at this sort of plant soil uh, with some sort of withered plants in it that the bone was placed into? It's not Ursuline's specialty, but uh, can I make a uh, Arcana check on the bone? Yeah, give me an Arcana check. Can I help? Yeah. Oh, this was foolish. Well, you got, <laughs> you got I think this. Ursulan goes to do this and then looks at Sufi over his no, uh, over his shoulder and really starts to sweat. <laughs> Uh, 17. Except you crushed it. <laughs> um, looks like Ghost just jammed a bone into that <laughs> soil. You, you, you're looking, you're like, what kind of strange magic is at work here? And then you sort of go like, I'm not really picking up on, I'm not really picking up on anything. Uh, yeah, I think Ursulon gets real low, gets like eye level, is really getting in there, and then turns to his friends. I think that she just jams a bone in this pot, and I think that's the end of the signal. Oh. D oh, there's nothing magic about no, it? I'd they know. just have to come and check if a bone's buried here occasionally? Yeah, I think they just jam a bone in here, so... All what right. was your plan when you wanted us to let her signal Gallows? Oh, um, that we would, um, confront him, and... He's not going to walk up here with Wavebreaker. Well, then we go with one of his underlings to go get Wavebreaker from him. Um, can I have a moment uh, with Suvi Ursulan, please? Sure. Do you want? Do you want? Are you? Do you, who's going to walk away? Or do you, do you want me to stay? I'll walk away. Oh, okay, okay great. Right, we'll walk away. I'll I'll stand here next to the bone in case anyone comes. The fox asks, do you want me to stay with Ursuline? Yeah, you, you two should catch up 
and watch the bone. Yeah, we'll catch up. Fox looks up and goes. It's not. It's not. It's not a threat. Anything happen? Uh, I guess. Yeah, I guess. How you? How you been since I since I ran outside back in that building? <laughs> I've been okay. <laughs> uh, Suvi and Ame, you step away for a moment. I move under an alcove so I don't have to be actively rained on. I'm halfway in, halfway out. I like hearing the rain hit my little hat. Suvi, didn't you say that any children sent to the Citadel get sent off to war? Is that what I said? Well, Do I look like I'm at war right now? No, but you said you wanted to be and you could be and that most of them do. Do you think the Empire sends a bunch of artificers to the front lines? I truly don't know. So what's your point? Well, I think it's a... I'm just worried that Ghost will be seen as a tool as opposed to a person hoping to learn and study and flourish. Interesting. So Uh, you believe... No, no. So you believe anyone passing through the Citadel is made into a tool? Well, yes or no? It's just my concern. It's... Uh You're exceptional. And... And you had people helping you. If Ghost goes to the Citadel, she'll have no one. I did this because I was helped through. Okay. No, I think that you had a bit more direction than Ghost will have. I'm not saying you didn't earn in all of this on your own. But Ghost might be more lost there than she is here. Right now, it looks like the only people Ghost have in this world is Finley, an angry little fake mage in a giant construct covered in candle wax. How could she possibly be worse off? Why are you allowed to give her gifts, but I am not? My gifts aren't little tiny things that might help with her everyday life, not a whole change of... A chance to build a better one? Well, it does look like you've done very well for yourself there, so... You're right, I apologize. I mean... The thing we're trying to break, this curse, is about who you were told, who you know, to trust. So I'm not going to take this personally. And then I wait under the alcove. I walk back towards Ursulan and... I thought I was going to be more mad. I thought I was going (laughs) to... 
I thought I was going to beat the shit out of him. I got really mad. I mean, yeah, I saw, I remember, I got I saw really that. Yeah, mad. you got all, you got in the face. I got really mad because Ame tied his hands and then I wasn't in danger anymore. And I was like, well, if I'm not in danger, I'm going to get really mad. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how do you think I felt when I encountered it the first time? I was alone. But this time, I was with my friends. And so, well, you know, when you've got your people there, you feel, you feel in many ways untouchable. I know that if I found other foxes, I wouldn't be able to explain it. But <laughs> alone's bad. Alone? It's definitely not as good. As a life with company. No, because you, every piece of food I ever got, I had to get, and now I don't even have to get most of my food. Well, you work very hard. I wouldn't take that away from you. Doesn't even feel like it, though. I mean, I don't even have to worry about where I'm going to sleep. I'm just going to sleep wherever Ame sleeps. I don't have to worry about where I'm going to sleep. It's amazing. I don't like how wet it is here, and I didn't like what happened on the boat. But that's the only two bad things that have happened since I learned how to talk. Isn't it nice to have somebody who's there for you? And give them a little squish. Right in the shoulder blades where it's a little darker colored patch of fur. Uh, it is nice. You, I have you. You know I have you, right? Oh, yeah, of course. And I have you, right? Boss, you got me. <laughs> uh, can I make an inside check on Suvi? Yeah, give me Six. I rolled a five. I gave myself disadvantage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> On yeah. deception, I look pissed. <laughs> Ursuline just clocks it. Um, but it is, uh, can I make a perception check to see if anyone, if any of the windows nearby is, has clocked the bone? Give me a perception check. Uh, 13. The only little piece of light that you can see in this neighborhood, the rain is coming down hard. Um, there's just a little bit of, of sputtering light from a window off in the corner. Most of the windows are dark because this spot you're in is very residential and the day has like well and truly started. So most people are not at home, which is sort of, a, you know, they're, they're out working or doing whatever they're doing. So there's a little bit of sputtering candlelight. And you see a couple points of light that you're guessing because you can see it through a window from the street is probably like a chandelier or something up in a ceiling. Yeah. Uh, and it's coming through amber glass. So it's a sort of like couple little twinkling points of light through like thick red orange glass. Um, on a 13, you don't see anyone watching you, but you do You do look at that and just sort of clock it as like, oh, there's lights on in that building. And it, that that window, you can see that window from where you are here by the lamppost. Mm. Uh, I turned out on my, uh, do you see that window up there? Yes. The lights are on in the house. Hmm. Shall we go take a look? Why not? Suvi! We're gonna go look at that building over there. Why? We think there... <laughs> we think there might be, uh... It has, a, it has a good vantage point on the, uh... It might be the lookout from it which might be the lookout. they check the bone. Yes, for the bone. Okay, well, if it is, then they know. Sure. Okay, let's go. <sighs> you, see, uh, you see the fox says... Oh we're, oh, we're all going. I thought you were going to leave me and Suvi here to catch up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, 
Because if, if, we, uh, if we there's something that you need to yeah, do, we can do it. We can do what we want. We can walk and talk. Spock looks up and says, "How you been since you and Ame walked over there?" Honestly, not good. Really? Yeah. Hungry? <laughs> Subi does stop and has that like, dang it, maybe I am hungry. <laughs> maybe I'm just pissed because I'm hungry. Fox is like, I'm hungry. Yeah. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm being patient. I don't feel like we're going back to that trash. Oh, buddy, we're not. What trash? No, we're not. I've tricked a lot of people and I got trucked i'll tell you that right now i got you know you you shouldn't be able to con a con i got caught i should have known i thought there's part of me i can't believe mommy lied to me we're not going to get the trash did she say that to you she said we would go back and get the trash hey fun fact she's a little bit of a liar see the fox looks up at you and says how about that uh, and trots along behind Ame. Uh, and, uh, Poison your familiar against you. <laughs> that part is, if you'd remembered it to tell me, I would have remembered it. <laughs> no, no, the fox is projecting. The fox no, is saying, yeah. you yeah. forgot, and the yeah. fox is like, you lied to me. <laughs> um, um, uh, you guys move around, uh, going up to the upper level, uh, and you find actually a five-point intersection that actually terminates in a true plaza. You see a fountain in the center of the stone plaza. The water in the fountain that is not active, doesn't seem like it works anymore, but the water that rests in it, sort of a a green-brown under the rainy sky that seems maybe it has some (sighs) algae or stuff growing in it, is dancing with the raindrops on it. And you see a statue of a beautiful pair of spirits. They look like great spirits. There is a, uh, there is a man with long hair swept back that curls into waves and a long robe who holds in, uh, who holds his dance partner with one hand and in the other hand has a long fishing spear. Uh, and the woman that he dances with has a f- uh, incredible gown made of this growing vine and her hair is filled with leaves. You see she sort of has the image of a forest spirit where the edges of her face are framed in leaves uh, that keep her face bare. Uh, and you see that they aren't dancing together here in the fountain. Um, you see that the woman's face is eternally like beaming with joy uh looking over the shoulder of her partner so their faces are actually they they do not see each other because they are their embrace is so close uh the man's face has been vandalized uh the stone has been cracked um and is long since gone It's, it's it's been long enough that like some sort of lichen or something has grown out, but you see a corner of an eye, sort of, sort of like you know, looked like a young man, and the the sort of wavy hair. Um, oh, that's so sad. I, I I immediately go up to it and I smooth the pad of my finger over the eye uh, to mend it. Uh, looking at the fountain, um, uh, that is the, that wish immediately is born to you. And in this big stony plaza, again, five point intersections, there's five rows, but the, uh, 
the five points of the intersection, because the square is so large, actually leave a kind of pentagon of like row houses and stone buildings that actually face the little plaza you are in. You also clock the building that you are approaching that you see has all that same of like reddish amber glass. And you can now hear music coming out from within it. And you realize it is not a private residence. It is, it doesn't look, it, it's, there's, there's music coming from within and you don't see any warm welcome or sign. It looks like the sort of, stoop of a private dwelling, but you see that there's a little like golden plaque up above that has small script on it as though people could approach the door to read what the building is. Um, you looking at the fountain and the statue, you, uh, the fountain is about maybe like, I don't know, 40 feet wide and the statues are up on like an eight foot dais and then the statues themselves are about like 12 feet tall. So getting up to the face to touch it would take some acrobat. It would take like a, you know, a pretty big effort to like move through the fountain, get up the statue. Oh. Um, uh, but you, I mean, you see the sadness of this like vandalized, this like ruined statue. But, uh, so the impulse is there. Do you think Ame would make a sort of, you know, pretty Herculean, like climbing a 12 foot statue in a, in a, and during the rain is a hard thing to do. Uh, hey, Fox, uh, how, did, how easy would it be for you to get up there? Get up there? Easy. Oh, um, would you mind, uh, going up and, and licking the broken statue's face? Why? I'm going to give you, uh, this spirit because it's just, Aren't we looking out well, yes, for a local criminal? Yes, but... Why are you doing indiscreet things? Honoring the spirits and their statues is part of my duties. Doesn't matter where I am. Sure. Um, I tap the fox on the head. I pat him. Um, you, I'm going to make a little acrobatics check for him. Yay, let's go! Uh, he, uh, you see that he look, goes up on the edge of the fountain, looks around, jumps into the water, swims across, looks around, and you see, sees the sort of column, and he sort of, he looks around, sees all you all looking at him, walks on the base of the dais, and walks around the other side, and then pops his head up as he walks around the base of the stairs and is on top of the statue. And he says, it wasn't easy, it was hard. Oh. <laughs> I was wrong about it being easy, it was really hard. Oh, well, you know, I love your confidence. Yeah, you gotta believe in yourself. Right. <laughs> um, okay, I'm up here, what do you want me to do? Uh, lick his face. His face is gone. Y yes, <laughs> L lick the place where his face should be. Oh, okay. And uh, he transfers the mending <laughs> to it. Uh, amazing. Um, lichen fades. And you feel, because you have a connection with your fox, you feel salt, salt water coming out of the statue. Um, give me a wisdom saving throw. Let's go! Let's go! Sixteen. Um, Sixteen. Um, Ame, you are standing there as your fox licks it. Uh, Ursulon and Suvi, what you see is the fox licking it, and as he licks it, uh, 
wherever his tongue moves, there's just a little bit more stone than there was before. (laughs) Incredible. Um, And both of you are watching a true piece of witchcraft unfold. There's this handsome face of this sea spirit. This, and within the world of Umora, the delineations between fey and fiends, celestials and undead, all of this is a part of the unseen world. This is a world where gods and monsters are kin and all of a broad spectrum and space of the world of spirits. The term god does not imply the role necessarily of a being of worship, although if some people choose to do so, they can. It simply means a great spirit. And this god of the sea has his face restored. As both of you watch this unfold, what you don't see is Ame fall to the ground with lancing pain shooting through your body. As you hit the stone, your mind reels with screams and horror, the smell of burning salt. You see endless vines looking to strangle, choke, and ruin. You hear screams. You see people up on the watchtower and walls of stone summoned forth from the earth. And you see a lance thundering down from the sky, beating with a rhythm of pain and intensity and torture. You hear the rhythm of instruments that sing with sharp and sinister venom, and you see the face of the statue, blood streaming from the eyes and mouth. You hear endless waves and deep song from the bottom of the ocean cut short and a scream choked with ash, fire, and smoke. Zuvi and Ursulan, you turn to see Ame succeed on her saving throw, come back as your stomach survives. You are a witch. The witches of this world have ever been a bridge between the world of spirits and the world of mortal beings. You wretch seawater. I rush to her side and I instinctively, I think, cast Lay on Hands with the hope of curing disease or poison. You cast Lay on Hands and erupting from the place where your hand touches Ame. Vines and green leaves that surge forward and in the moment of their birth fall dead. That was Lou Wilson as Ursuline, Erica Ishii as Ame, Abria Iyengar as Suvi, and Brennan Lee Mulligan as everyone and everything else. 
Worlds Beyond Numbered is edited, designed, and scored by Taylor Moore at Fortunate Horse, with additional sound design from Michael Gelfi Studios. For even more like this, join us on our Patreon. We'll see you there. I wish I'd get, wished I'd kicked him. God, the moment you said that, I was like, oh, you Well, know, you were describing it, and I was just like, I, oh, this feels like, this, I was like, I mean, I don't think Ursula would have the, the wherewithal to kick him, but uh, I was like, oh, this gotta be, this has gotta be a show. Was it performance? It was performance. Oh, that's so good. That's really good. That's so good. Oh, you guys knew my little dude. <laughs> that was very good. That was good. My little dude was I was hoping uh, we'd find out. When I did the funeral rites and burned the body. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs>